everyone, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast, HQ edition, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to download the app using promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Will Gottlieb. You can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. I am joined by my friend Mark K at MK Hoops on Twitter. And boy, Mark, do we have a lot to talk about. But before we get into all the Bulls news that just happened, want to shout out to our friends at CHL Blackhawks who have an awesome new shirt for the number one pick in the NHL draft. At least one team in Chicago is looking up. So go check that out at CHL Locker. All right, Mark, let's talk Bulls. There's some craziness going on in the NBA. I'm very excited. Um, how are you doing? How, how are things down there? Are you awake? Are you ready to go? Have you had your coffees? How, how are you feeling? Got my coffee. Just woke up. Um, survived an earthquake last night. A 4.4 magnitude earthquake last night. Oh that was, uh, it wasn't that bad, actually. I'm, I'm being facetious. But um, do you reckon we'll be releasing a, a T-shirt at all about um, you know Nikola Vucevic or Andre Drummond re-signing with the Bulls? Do you think CHGO Bulls are gonna... be doing that? We've got a play-in tournament t-shirt coming in about eight <laughs> months. So, um, Okay, so obviously we got the Vooch thing to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Drummond just opted in. So let, let's just quickly breeze through a couple of news pieces from the last couple of days, and then we'll spend, obviously, the majority of this show giving our take about the Vooch deal, um, about where it leaves the Bulls in terms of cap space and roster building moving forward. And then if we have time, um, we will talk a little bit about some news and nuggets surrounding Zach Levine, fake trades. Um, and maybe we can even talk about why we are such negative Nancys about the Bulls all the time. But we'll see if we get to that. Uh, we've already got we've a comment getting, in, a lot of, uh... getting a lot of hate. MK is so negative. Exactly. Yeah. We're gonna start... <laughs> that, that screenshot that you put on Twitter was so good. And I was just like, you know what? We, we need to at least address it on the pod. But just real quick. Um, and Mark, I'm just going to like rattle these off. So stop me if you have any... Um, any takes or if you want to go into anything more deeply. So a couple days ago now, I think two days ago, uh, the Bulls extended qualifying offers to Kobe White, Io Dasumu, and a two-way qualifying offer to Terry Taylor. Kobe's uh, QO is worth $7.74 million. Io's, we've seen a couple of different numbers online, but the, the number is $5.2 million. Um, yeah. And basically what that means is they can either play on that qualifying offer and become an unrestricted free agent, or they can... Uh, the Bulls make them a restricted free agent and uh, they can match any offer that they get. So um, what do you think about these two numbers? Like, are, do these reflect what you think they will be worth next year? Or are these, uh, you know, are, are, are we thinking these are maybe off a little bit? In terms of the Kobe and I numbers? Or? Yeah, just in terms of where you think they'll actually end up slotting into the cap sheet. Yeah, look, I think um, I've always been probably on the lower side of Kobe in terms of where I think the dollars were going to land. I didn't think it was going to creep up any, you know, into the 14, 15, 16, maybe even $18 million. I, didn't, I never thought it was going to get that high just because of restricted free agency, the new CBA, not a lot of cap teams, all these sorts of things. I didn't, it kind of was shaping up to work itself against Kobe from that point of view. So I was always operating on the assumption that something closer to 10 mill made more sense for a lot of reasons um so i haven't necessarily seen anything to put me away from that i think the bulls and kobe will come to an agreement something to that effect but his qualifying offer number i doubt he plays on it or i doubt he takes it 
But uh, I think his ultimate contract that he signs, and maybe the U1 value will be close to seven and a half million. Maybe it'll be eight, nine, something like that. I think that makes sense. I is probably more of an interesting case as to what he wants to do. He's now a restricted free agent. He certainly won't, I would imagine, get more than $5 million annually. So does he take the qualifying offer and then become unrestricted next offseason? Maybe. But I, I too think the Bulls will sign with IO and put together a, a, deal, a deal to keep him around for the next two to three years around that number. So I think it's close. I think it's. I don't think they'll never get too far from those numbers once they actually ink their deals. Well, just looking at the comments here, shout out to Don Julio for being positive. We need some positivity on the show. Adrian, can you guys <laughs> please stop reporting on this team? No, Adrian, we can't. This is our job and we're going to keep doing it. So thanks for the support from Ryan and Salim, our guys. Uh, so not, not triple I, JV. I, I don't, I don't see it. Go on, go on. Keep going. Um, sorry, I'm flustered, guys. There's so much going on. I'm very excited. I've got a lot of energy right now, and I'm not reading very carefully. Uh, so I agree. I think um, I, I think Kobe gets a little bit more than the QO. I think he'll be around closer to the mid-level exception, maybe a little bit more. That could be a little high, um, but the Bulls have been giving out maybe a little bit more money than they need to, so who knows? And then Io, I just feel like that's that's a lot for him. I personally, if I were the front office, I probably would not have given him that much. So for me, I'd probably take that, or to your point, maybe negotiate a multi-year deal that's slightly below that. But I think you know the the total of those two numbers probably ends up around um, the twelve to fifteen range, which is where they where they are right now, maybe a little bit more. Um, So we got that news in. We've got Drummond picking up his $3.36 million player option. There was uh, some, not like conflicting reporting, but just, you know, multiple different thoughts about that this morning. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it turns out today was the deadline he had until 5 p.m. to do that. And he picks it up. So he'll be back on a $3.36 million deal. What do you think of that? Just real quick. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I wasn't concerned if the Bulls lost him. Um, you know, I think people at this stage know my thoughts about Andre Drummond, not maybe the biggest fan going around, but at the same time, $3.36 million for your backup center who does produce good numbers, is capable at times of being a good and productive player. I think that's a reasonable contract for him to opt into. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it was much of a muchness for me. Had he gone, cool. Had he stayed, also fine with that as well. It probably is more preferable that he does stay, I suppose, just just it's one less thing you have to worry about in free agency. If you lose him, yeah, okay, you, you create an extra roster spot, but you're not really creating any additional savings to uh, go out there and save money as such or great gain cap space or anything like that. It's just an additional spot that you have to fill probably with a vet minimum deal. Are you getting a bet, better center than Andre Drummond on a veteran minimum contract? Probably not. So uh, I'm fine with this one. Yeah, it's a little bit less than 2X the vet min, and I kind of doubt you're getting the production per dollar on the free agent market, even if you do sign somebody for the veterans minimum. So I'm fine with this value. Um, He's certainly one of the better backup centers in the league. He's got his warts. Uh, Watching him is an experience, but um, I agree. Like, let's just, let's just run it back with him. It's, it's easy enough. And I don't think it really affects things too much one way or another. So I think we're Mm -hmm. in line there. Um, The point guard, Slop, I guess you could say, uh, of, of yesterday um, from Jake Fisher's column at Yahoo Sports. He said, there remains a chance for Patrick Beverly to return to Chicago. I saw um, there was a, a tweet going around that the Bulls have engaged with Patrick Beverly 
from sourced by Casey Johnson, but I didn't actually see anything from Casey. So maybe he said it on a podcast that I've yet to listen to. Um, Patrick Beverly also is promoting his own podcast saying that he's going to announce where he is going on that show. So it wouldn't surprise me if the bulls bring him back. I think, you know, independent of the number, like they kind of have to based on the way they talked about the team at the end of the season. Like we, we love the 14 to nine finish. Like Pat, Pat was a big part of that. And you can't really like run it back, expect things to be better, but just without him, like they, they kind of have to do that. Um, so hopefully that number isn't too big. And then uh, Jake Fisher chimed in on what other people have been talking about and what we talked about the other day with Matt and Dave, which is that there could be some, some reunion chatter with Derek Rose. Um, I don't want to talk about that one, but anything on uh, Pat Bev? Um, no, uh, look, I, again, if you get Pat Bev, Pat Bev on the vet, man, cool. If you're using anything more than that, if we're, if we're using big exception dollars to bring back Patrick Beverly, then I don't understand AK's confidence that he showed maybe this time last week in his, in his presser where he was telling fans to wait and just see what he's got cooking up after free agency. And if, if after free agency, we walk away with this, but in, in terms of Patrick Beverly coming back with an exception and not using that exception on something of maybe greater need like shooting, particularly on the wing, then uh, that would be concerning to me. But uh, look, I have no great thoughts on Patrick Beverly. Cool, if you can get him back on the vet, men, fine. He, come he on, man. You were Pat of... Bev pilled. I know, I know, but I've come down. I've come down. I've, uh, I've, I'm sober now, William, so I've seen the light in that sense. But um, same thing with the D-Row stuff. Like, okay, fine, vet, men. Like, it's not the worst thing. It's a one-year thing. Okay, I can understand it. But at the same time, it's not exactly what this team needs. But at the same time, I think we need to come to the realization that given the cap constraints, given what they're ultimately working with in terms of exceptions and these sorts of things, vet minimum, you're not going to find the perfect answer with a vet minimum level guy. So whether it's Pat yeah, Bev, whether it's Derek Rose, market. whoever it might be, like there's not going to be a point guard that solves all our options. There's not going to be a wing that solves all our options. I've, I've seen people like talking about, or there's been connections about, you know, George, George Niang being linked to the Bulls, which, okay, cool, that solves maybe some part of the shooting issue, particularly in the front court, but he's also a terrible defender. So that doesn't help you there as well. So I guess we just have to be cognizant of the fact that whatever guys that do come through to fill at the end of the bench, they might help in some ways, but then they may take certain things off the table as well. So we'll see how it shakes out, but um, the point guard slop is what it is. It's, it's much of a muchness. It's slop. Um, final piece of Bulls related news. And there's just so much going on in the NBA right now. We could like go on about this James Harden stuff. Josh Hart just picked up his contract, blah, 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 blah. But last piece for the Bulls is the Wizards leaked the, or I shouldn't say leaked, they announced the details of the trade that netted the Bulls 35th overall pick and the rights to draft just uh, Julian Phillips in last Thursday's draft. Wow, that was a week ago. Um, they The Bulls gave up 26 and 27 second-round picks, so now the Bulls are out all of their second-round picks until 2028. What do you think of that deal now that we know the exact details? Um, again, not to be... I'm, I'm sitting on the fence a lot on this episode thus far. I'm not... It, Come with the heat. I got, I got no heat today. It's too early in the morning, but um, I guess from my perspective, like, Second rounders, I don't love the idea of trading them, but also at the same time, they're easily acquirable as well. You could trade some of these end of bench role guys for a couple of se- seconds pretty easily. Um, we-, we could probably get a number of firsts for Alex Caruso. So, like, 
in the event that you want to pivot, getting back second round picks is probably the easiest thing that you could possibly do. So in that sense, I'm not too concerned with it. My issue remains, why are you taking that toolsy wing who can't shoot? Like that, that's yeah. my probably my issue in terms of trading back into the draft and into the second round. Like that's where my frustration is. Less so about giving up the assets of the two first round picks. Yeah, you're out. Oh, sorry, second round picks. You're out second round picks for a number of years now, but like I said, you can buy you can buy those pretty easily as we just saw them do. So um, whether it's by trading draft capital or I think the Milwaukee Bucks got into the draft into the second round by, by using cash. So you can get back in there. It's easy. It's fine. I just don't like what they did with the pick, less so what they did to get the pick from a cost point of view. Yeah, I think they're basically making the bet that they're able to get a second. They're, get, they're able to get into the second round when they want to. And clearly yeah. they were able to do so this time um, they've dealt away second round picks before they sent one to, I think they actually sent two to San Antonio for DeMar. They sent one to uh, the Pelicans for Lonzo and then sacrificed one, forfeited it to the league for tampering for Lonzo. And then obviously now giving up two more to get into the second round here to the wizards. Um, I, I, I can't decide if I think this is like poor asset management or not. Like the fact that they can get in, but like if you're constantly sending out two for one, obviously you're like basically taking a bunch of layups and getting, you know, and giving up three pointers on the other end. Right. So um, it could become a problem um, if Julian Phillips hits and becomes like a star, maybe it looks really good, but uh, you know, it it just kind of depends on, on how you manage those moving forward. I think it could, it could end up fighting them at some point down the line. But to me, this, this front office and, and the way that they're uh, building right now is very much about the present and trying to figure out the future when they get to it. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of just tracks with, with what we've seen here so far. So that about wraps up the bulls news. Is there anything else I'm missing or anything else you wanted to hit on before we move on to the bulls center of the future, Nikola Vucevic. No, I think we've hit the news that is actually news. There's obviously rumors, there's speculation, all that sort of nonsense. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't. won't. But in terms of actual good, hard reporting news, that sort of stuff, we've, we've covered it all. So let's get into uh, let's get into Vooch. Vooch. Yesterday afternoon, it was actually really funny. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell the details of the story. But um, okay. Vucevic signs a three-year, $60 million, fully guaranteed deal, Keith Smith just confirmed the fully guaranteed nature of it. Um, initially, we thought that it was going to be $20 million flat rate over the three years, but today it kind of came out that it does start a little bit lower, moves to $20 million in the second year, and then up to about $21.5. So the Bulls get a little bit more flexibility at $18.5 million in the first year. Not a ton, but it is mm-hmm. notable. And the, and the reason why that works is because they gave him 8% annual raises, which you're allowed to do on these sorts of extensions. So um, the initial number of 20 million, there was a little bit of sticker shock. Again, um, saving basically a million five on the first year of this deal and paying for it on the back end. With the way that the cap rises, I, I do think that makes it a little bit better. But um, yeah, does does that change your opinion of it all as opposed to just like the $20 million flat rate? Or um, should we just get into like the the real sort of larger issues associated with this thing and sort of how we, how we view Vooch as a player compared to the situation that the bulls are in. No. So the, the new contract details that have been reported today by Keith Smith doesn't change my opinion. Cause this is what I always expect 
to happen that it would be an increasing eight percent raise and that year one would be less than the 20 million dollar number like that's what i was putting into my cap sheets um so that's what i expected that doesn't change my opinion at all what does change my opinion of this deal though is the guaranteed component of the deal which is obviously what we learned today which is far more problematic than you know whatever the the structure of the contract is in terms of raises ascending, descending, whatever it may have been. The fact that year three is seemingly fully guaranteed, uh, that's that's where my problem is with this deal. And I guess when the deal happened, 360, yeah, okay, that makes kind of sense. I wasn't too high, I wasn't too low. Somewhat fair value, probably maybe two, $3 million more annually that I would have ideally liked to have paid, but I'm not going to lose my mind over you know giving someone an additional two, $3 million. But... That was under the the assumption or the hope that year three would either be a team option or a partial guarantee or something of that nature where there was just more flexibility in that year three. I was actually okay with the Bulls maybe increasing the value in year one and two to get maybe that that, um, that a partial guarantee or a team option in year three. But again, that's seemingly not the case. The fact that it's fully guaranteed in year three, that's my main concern. So I've, I've kind of gone from thinking the deal is – okay, fine, whatever, cool, That's it is what it is, to now being, well, okay, you just lost another deal on the margins. Like That's kind of how I feel about this trade, or this signing now, I guess. I, I've, I've soured on it in the last 24 hours, I guess, William. So the, uh, the, the fact that it's now fully guaranteed, that has changed my perspective. Yeah, and I think it should, right? Like this is, we can get into this sort of discussion about, outbidding themselves and like where, where other, where other offers are coming from. Right. Like, I think that's sort of the, the situation that, um, that does complicate this in a vacuum. I'm fine with Vooch making 18 or $20 million a year. Like he's a really good player. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of gets lost in this whole discussion. I know you have been sort of the, the loudest defender of Vooch, um, because he is really good. And like the way that he plays does unlock a lot of what the bulls need to do in order to be well, do they Mm -hmm. utilize him as best they could? No. And I I see your question, Adrian, about, uh, you know, Vooch wanting a bigger role and a better shot profile within the offense. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I think like, I, I had argued that letting him go for nothing, there was an argument to be made for that. And I still think that's true, but to have him, back, I think is also valuable. Um, I wonder about how his new contract affects trade value. Does the expiring nature of his contract last year make him more or less valuable? Like does locking him up at a relatively good contract make him more or less valuable? He's essentially the 13th highest paid center in the league right now. And I think that's like more than fair for a player of his caliber. So just within a vacuum, and I wrote this and you can guys, you guys can go check it out. It's the website, lchgo.com um, or on my Twitter I think it's fine in a vacuum. Like he's a good player and I think he's worth that money. But I think what it does is reinforce this idea that this is the team that the bulls are. And maybe more importantly, this is the team that the bulls want to be. And I think I just fundamentally disagree with that. Um, I think they need to make some changes. I don't think that's that hot of a take. They miss the playoffs. Sometimes I like think I'm crazy because I am just like trying to figure out what this team is going to do like trying to justify bringing everybody back. And it's like, you missed the playoffs. You, you couldn't make it out of the play. And like, what are we doing here? What are we talking about? Like the goal was to make the playoffs. You didn't do it. Why are we doubling down? Um, and so to 
to sign Vucci a three-year deal and to sort of lock yourself into that is not just to say, let's bring Vooch back on a contract that makes sense for him in a vacuum. It's saying, we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it for two more years after that. So three more years of this, um, I just I just don't know why they would do that. I'm not sure what the alternative was. Like, could they have gotten him for less? I don't know. Um, is this, mm-hmm. is this going to be a tradable contract where they can get out of this situation at some point over the next couple of years? I don't know. And frankly, yeah. I am not expecting them to. So, um, it, it leaves me questioning like what the real motivations are, because if they say they want to improve, if they say they want to get into the playoffs, they're not giving themselves any ways to be able to do that. And so that is to me, the biggest question mark here is like, where does this leave us beyond this year? I know everybody's talking about running it back this year, but like we're talking about running it back for three years. And that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, assuming they're keeping for the deal, but to your point, like, is this a tradable contract? And I've seen a lot of people sort of positing online post the deal was announced like, yeah, okay, fine. You could trade this contract in year three. Well, I don't think we can be so categoric and so sure that that is the case that just because it is, is an expiring deal in year three, that you can just move him and it'd be fine. Like, I don't know if that's, that's also two true. years from now and we're going to like be in the play and race for two, like, yeah. But also like we're entering a new CBA situation where we're already seeing seeing teams doing the, the Hawks dumped uh, John Collins the other day, a clearly good, good young player who has upside. Yeah. The deal isn't great. It's not bad either, but they dumped him because of that fear of the first and second apron. So this idea that you can just dump Vooch get off his expiring contract in year three or maybe even year two if you want to move him at that point probably not but let's just say year three i don't know if we can be so sure that the teams that there's going to be teams out there that absolutely want to take him and and look maybe it's let me say this it is a tradable contract because every contract can be traded russell westbrook got traded john wall got traded chris paul got traded whatever it might be any terrible contract ben simmons got traded so every contract in the nba can be traded but does it have positive or negative value like that's probably the more important thing like lonzo ball his contract could probably be traded but you know you have to trade things you have to trade actual real assets to probably get off lonzo ball's contract the same may be true in year three of the new vooch deal uh, because Vooch at that point will be in what, like year 14, year 15, something like that, a 35-year-old center, probably won't be starting caliber level at that point in time. Um, maybe he will, but I'm just assuming he won't. So I don't think we can be sure that this is a tradable contract from the perspective that it'll be tradable and you don't have to maybe include things to get off it or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's, it is concerning that it is full, fully guaranteed. But to your point, Will, like... <sighs> What it signals is just what you said, like we're running this thing back. We're going to not only run it back for this year, but we're seemingly going to be running it back for the years to come. And you wrote a really good story yesterday, which you've already referenced, but the angle that you took, the fact that the Vooch deal completely fine in a vacuum, but your point was that the balls are not in a vacuum with Vooch, but the team more generally. And and when you outlined the cap evolution of this team and the likelihood now that if you're, if you're retaining Zach, you're bringing back Vooch, you seemingly want to probably keep DeMar, I would imagine based on the whole continuity thing, you're probably going to extend Patrick Williams to a number north of 20 million. If you're going to be doing that, you're going to be taxed out next season and probably the year after. So With like eight players but- on the roster. Exactly. So I know we're, we're all focusing on the 2023 offseason and what that means for the 2023, 2020, 
2024 season. But the implications of what the Bulls do now is going to be impactful for the, you know, the second and third year thereafter. So it signals what you said that we're running this thing back now, but we're also maybe running this thing back for the next two to three years, which is uh, an odd thing to be doing. Yeah. And I think on top of that, like we talk about running it back as though it's just like the big three, right? It's Zach Damar and Vooch. We're bringing those guys back. And again, I think you're totally right to say if you're going to bring Vooch back and you're not going to trade Zach, and even if you are going to trade Zach, if the idea is to be, be competitive, Damar's your best player. Like you have to bring him back, right? And so that number is going to be pretty big. I don't see why he would take um, a pay cut. You know, Vooch, Vooch did take a pay cut, right? Like both yeah. in terms of dollars per year and percent yep. of the cap. This That's is a big pay cut for him. So mm-hmm. like good for him. Thanks to him for taking a pay cut. That gives the Bulls a little bit more flexibility. But mm-hmm. the fact that it opens up the door to continue this sort of continuity plan. Yes, that it, that means Vooch back for three years. Zach is on the con- under contract for four more years with the player mm-hmm. option on that fourth year. Now you've got to bring back Damar. You're going to keep Patrick Williams. You've still got Lonzo for this year and next year. You've got Caruso for this year and next year. You are likely going to do something with Kobe and Io right now. Um, You're basically locking yourself into not only like this big three, but you're preventing yourself from really having the flexibility around them to be able to add and get out of the, you know, 10th, 11th, 9th, area in the East standings. Cause let's not forget that's where they finished. I know they made the plan, but they were the 12th seed until um, the wizards and the Pacers stopped trying the last month of the season and they crept in and I know they beat the Raptors, but they still finished the year out of the playoffs. And I think to, to bring it back is one thing, but to bring it back without the flexibility to make the necessary improvements to continue to improve is concerning to me. Um, so, so that's kind of where I stand on it. That's, that was the thesis of the article that I wrote. Um, the, the numbers that I put in there and and even the numbers that we're going to reference today, maybe not exactly, um, accurate just because I'm not a capsmith. Um, and and these numbers change too. like, you know, the, the 8% annual raises wasn't included in the original reporting that more came out today. Um, and that does change things. Um, you know, Kobe right now, has the seven and seven seven four um, qualifying offer? He could get much more than that, and that changes the math. So we'll get into the cap stuff um, and sort of break down where there still is room for improvement and um, whether they can make any additions here in the free agency period, which starts in twenty four hours and thirty minutes. But um, let's quickly take a break and talk about our sponsors, and we'll start with. Lewis University. Lewis University is for students who are just like you, who have full-time jobs, families, and are full-time sports fans. But if you want to go back to school and earn a respected degree, check out Lewis University. It is 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, and it's ranked one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. They partner with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offer evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. They also bring real-world experience into instruction and the classroom, which immediately help um, and are relevant to your career. They've got a ton of different programs, including criminal justice, public safety, computer science, data science, cybersecurity, business analytics, 
and more. So if you are interested in a degree, uh, you can discover how Lewis University can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. That's lewisu.edu slash you can do this. And once you're uh, you've done with Lewis University, well, once you've got your degree, do you know what you can be doing? You can be heading over to Sunnyside, which is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside, William, has any everything, anything and everything to elevate, elevate your summer, particularly now as we're heading into the off-season. This is the best time of year for NBA fans, and you could just top it off with some beautiful Sunnyside products. So they are your one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering, in-store pickup, whatever you want to do, you can get that all done. They've got a great transparent, uh, a great and transparent loyalty program, which is called Sunnyside Rewards. So, uh, uh, William, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Which Chicago yeah. athlete made you feel good this week? Was it Vucevic? Was it Connor Bernard? Bedard, it baby? Connor Bedard? That has to be it, right? That's the answer, yeah. Show that picture one more time of the new CHGO shirt. Thank you, Sarah. There we go. Look at that. Get that shirt. Get some sunny side Future cannabis. League. Get it all into your life. Get the NBA slop into your life as well, but also some of these great sunny side brands. That try, there's, there's just a ton to list. Probably easier if you jump on their website and go through all those all their brands. They've got some amazing products on there. So through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHDO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions that they're running. So that's only not only for new customers, anyone can use that code. So pick up anything you want to elevate your summer. Must be 21 years, years of age or an Illinois Medicare card holder. Thank you, Mark. And I might need to check out that store because this <laughs> cap sheet is making me crazy and stressed out. Um, where should we even begin with this? So I guess let's <laughs> let's let's just look at like who we have on the roster right now. So there's no sunny side on this cap sheet, is there? There's no sunny it's, side. On this it's cap all dark. Sheet. It's dark. <laughs> it's the dark side. Okay, so you've got yeah. Vooch back now at eighteen point five mm-hmm. this year. You've obviously got, so that's Vooch. You've got, and I'm, I'm counting for the people that are just listening. I'm counting fingers here. So you got one Vooch, Zach, Damar, Lonzo Ball, who obviously cannot play. Kobe mm-hmm. White makes five. You've got Caruso. You've got Patrick Williams, Dasumu, Drummond now after picking up his option, Dalen Terry, and Julian Phillips. That's 11 players, which leaves you four spots to make additions. Um, that's mm-hmm. not a lot of room, especially if you're trying to like crack into the rotation, right? So if you're going to like sign guys, first of all, you have to have space to to do it. But secondly, you have to like have a role for those guys to step in and do that. So um, I think that also affects like the money that you're paying Kobe and Io. Are you paying them to be starters or, you know, heavy minute rotation guys, or are you going to pay them to be end of bench, like low minute role players? Um, I think the bulls need to factor that into the calculus when they're, uh, coming up with some of these numbers. So with, uh, with Vooch back at 18 and a half with Kobe and IO's qualifying offers with Drummond opting in, the bulls are roughly $17 million below the tax. Um, but in reality, that does not paint the whole picture because one Kobe, I think is going to get more like $14 million on 
uh, on his next contract in the marketplace, whether it's, you know, restricted free agency from another team or the bulls paying to, to lock him up longer term. Um, I think, like I said, at the top, IO's number is going to be pretty close to, if not the $5.2 million qualifying offer. And then you're looking at filling out those final, what was it? Four or five spots of the rotation with veteran minimum guys. At that point, you have like two and a half million bucks, uh, in extra space that you can account for in other places. But the point is like, if you, if you have those 10 guys more, and then you bring back, let's say you've got Julian Phillips, you've got Patrick Beverly. He's been talking like he's going to come back. Maybe you give a veteran minimum spot to Justin Lewis. That's two roster spots to make changes. And if one, if you give one of those guys, the vet men, you have basically the equivalent of the biannual exception, which is $4.4 million to fill out that final roster spot before the tax. Um, that's nice that you have a little more cap space, maybe a little bit more breathing room than we thought initially. But again, we're talking about like the top 11 or 12 guys of the rotation staying the same and maybe bringing in someone at the very bottom of the roster. So when you hear all that, where, where are you? Um, how does that make you think about the roster construction and just like the general feel of the rotation going into free agency here? Yeah, look, well, uh, at the risk of coming off too negative and um, making people mad. At, God forbid. Um, yeah, us being very negative about an obviously positive situation. Uh, this is why I was annoyed last week when AK made those comments to fans, essentially saying, hold your criticism. Let let me cook in free agency. Come back to me post post uh, free. Uh, come, yeah, come back to me after the offseason is concluded and at that point. See what we've done and then make your assessments. Everything you've noted here is why uh, why I felt pretty confident in being critical because we're not dumb. Fans are not dumb. We can see who's on the roster, what you've been telling us in terms of what well, uh, you know, who you wanted to bring back, the whole continuity thing. You've obviously retained Vooch. Uh, you've Drummond is coming back. The the reporting has signaled that Io and Kobe is coming back. As you noted, you clearly can count up to 11. We've established that today. And because of that, we know that 11 guys within the rotation will be back. So to your point, it only leaves three, maybe four roster spots available for you to do something of note. And you're up against the tax line. And we know the, the, the franchise's history with that tax line. If you want to use your full mid-level exception and stay under the tax, it basically means you have to carry 13 players. And one of those 13 players being a vet minimum addition. Now, no team can carry 13 players and make it through a season. So in reality, you have to go over the tax to use or to, to field an actual team that has 15-odd players. That or you don't use your full mid-level exception which is probably the more likely outcome so coming back to the point of like this is why i was preemptively mad was because we see where this thing is headed you're flagged through your words through your actions what you're intending to do now maybe again maybe something you know if seismic happens maybe a demand trade has happens maybe a levine trade happens that changes the dynamics of the cap sheet the dynamics of the rotation everything around it but until something ma- massive like that happens, assuming the safe bet has always been to assume that everything was going to be you know run back because that's literally what AK has been saying. Uh, every any time he's had a chance to speak, which is not often, but when he has, he said the same thing consistently. And th- this team is coming back. So as to what you've illustrated, as to what in your story, but also on the podcast here, and what we've been trying to say on this show for a number of months now, like 
how do you ultimately change this rotation if you're bringing everyone back but ultimately paying them market value deals? Not only is a thing staying static from a rotation point of view, your cap sheet is increasing in terms of dollars and your ability to maneuver is well lessened, which is again why maybe you and I have been negative, let's say, but it is the situation, unfortunately. Now, again, we'll give AK the time to do his thing. Maybe he cook, he cooks up something that we can't see, but based on everything that that has happened, based on everything he said, everything is playing out how we've expected it to to play out, which is why we're a bit nervous about where this thing is headed. Yeah. As you're talking now, it just makes me think that like the goal is not to like make improvements. The goal is to keep the team the same. And I think those could be interpreted as the same thing. And I think AK probably views it that way to a certain extent. Like we finished the season 14 and nine. If we keep this thing together, they will continue to be on that trajectory. Um, And that was part of the reason why I was apprehensive about the way that the season finished. And that like, even though they missed the playoffs that they might do this because there were indicators that suggested that like, you know, that there was an argument to be made that this team was going to be the same. And I think basically what it feels like now is that these, the goal is to like get each individual player on a good contract. And I think that can be fine if you're looking to trade them, but it obviously is not the goal to trade them, right? Like the goal is to get them on good individual contracts, not trade them and hope that, these independent pieces can work well together. And to me, it's like, if they're not working well together, which they're not because they failed to make the playoffs last year, I don't understand why, like, what are, what are we doing? Um, Yeah, no, that's fair. But look, I, I guess where my perspective changes is if I had more confidence that ownership was willing to pay the dollars to make things happen, like there's nothing ultimately stopping. Well, I guess there is, there's ownership, but if the balls want to use their full mid-level exception, if they want to use their biannual exception, like that's 16, $17 million in resources. If I'm doing the math off the top of my head, it might be even more than that. Like that's decent money to add actual real role guys. But my trepidation around that is obviously clearly ownership and their history of not willing to pay the tax. So even if you bring back Vooch, you bring back Patrick Beverly, you bring back Kobe, Iowa, et cetera, like, Cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. If you're using all the other tools that you have around you to add additions to this roster, like there's going to be good players that you could have for either the bi- biannual exception or the mid-level exception. That you can get good players on those type of dollars. Bruce Brown, I'm not expecting him to come to Chicago, but he's probably going to sign on a mid-level type deal. There's going to be good players who can be had for that type of thing. So. If the Bulls are willing to use all of their exceptions, use all of their tools to add to the roster, then I feel differently about the situation and suddenly I become a positive Bulls fan. But I guess it's just that trepidation around are they willing to use all of those available tools to improve what was last season a a losing record team? Are they prepared to use the mid-level exception and biennial exception, et cetera? Now, if they are, that changes my my opinion. But if they not, which is, like I said, history just they won't because that'll put them into the tax, then that's when I think everything we've been saying becomes more relevant and becomes more pertinent. But I guess, like I said, let's see. Let's see what happens. There's still options out there for them to do something half decent. But if they're putting themselves into a position where they only want to use vet minimum type deals because of the tax situation, 
then any guy that you want to cook up in terms of free agency options, whether it's a shooter like Yuta Watanabe or Georges Niang or don't you know the, there's reports or speculation about the Bulls being interested in Dante DiVincenzo. Like DiVincenzo is probably going to get the full mid-level exception. The Bulls aren't going to sign someone like DiVincenzo for a similar contract without using the full mid-level exception. So these rumors are only credible, well, are only, I guess, something that we can lean on if the Bulls are prepared to use all their assets. If not, then they're putting themselves in a situation where they're competing with the likes of the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Heat, the, the Nuggets for the same guys for the same money who are clearly always going to pick the contending option than coming to Chicago on the same dollars on, to play for a worse team. So that's the the frustration, but let's see if, if ownership are prepared to shell the dollars, then AK has more flexibility in what he can do. Yeah. And just to go through the numbers on that, um, we mentioned the like two and a half million dollars extra that you could put on top of a minimum. So like roughly $4.4 million to spend on that final roster spot, assuming you bring back your top 11 guys and then, you know, three or four guys at the vet min. If you are going to go into the tax, but stay at or below the first apron, which is, I think, even if even if you think it's unlikely, if they go into the tax, they will 100% not go past the first apron. Um, and I think it's actually going to be impossible to go past that, barring any massive deal for Kobe, because if you use, in the new CBA, if you use... Um, if you bring in a sign and trade a player via sign and trade, or you use the mid-level exception up to the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is $5 million, you are hard capped at the $172 million first mm-hmm. apron. So if they were to go all the way to the first apron, they would have like $11.4 million to spend on a player. And to your point, you could get somebody really good for that. Um, you would be up to the first apron. You would not be able to exceed that because you're going over the $5 million taxpayer mid-level. But like to your point, that's that's a really solid player that can come in and play serious rotation minutes. It remains to be seen whether or not that's real. And obviously it depends on what numbers Kobe and Io come back for. But if we're talking about actually improving this roster, I think that's how you do it. It's not bring back everybody and like swap Javante Green's minutes with a shooter. And and like by the way, they're going to have to compete with all these other teams for guys. Even yeah. if it's like mm-hmm. even if they're competing with the same dollars. Like why is why is the Bulls situation better for a Yuta or a Damian Lee or a George yeah. Yang at the Vet mm-hmm. Men than the Suns at the Vet Men? Like I just I I don't think the Bulls have a lot to offer in terms of situation, so they are going to have to overpay, but if they can't or won't overpay, they're simply not going to get these guys. Um yeah, I, I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you have to go all out. You could like there's worlds where you go um, up to the apron and you get an exception for Alonzo, and that gives you another ten million dollar exception, and you can go exceed it that way. Um, but there, I just you have to be willing to spend. I think that's really the only way. And until we get proof that they're gonna do that, it's hard to assume that they will because they just have yeah exactly it's just funny that this i'm I'm just as as you're talking then there's been a lot of numbers thrown out on this podcast we're getting into the nerdum so apologies to those of you who are 
don't love your cap sheets, don't love the maths side of things of basketball. But it did, it did hit me, Will, um, as we enter the, the 44th minute of this podcast, just the, how, how different the tenor of our, our podcast are versus the Matt and Dave shows from yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different thing. So um, we've got something for everyone here at CHDO, but it, it is just quite amusing. But um, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that we're um, being informative. Uh, That's what we're trying to do here right now. Like, yes, it's coming off over, there's a negative tone, a negative slant to the situation, but we're just trying to be as objective about it as possible because that's literally what the math, what the situation, what everything is telling us. It's not, like I said before, there's ways that this offseason can end on a positive note, but it's going to take ownership to pay for things, to do things that they haven't necessarily done before. And it's going to take AK to potentially do something that he hasn't really done before, which is win deals on the margin. And he hasn't necessarily done that or doesn't have a history of doing that. He's often in, you know, throwing in uh, unnecessary player options or, you know, using a biannual exception on Tristan Thompson, as an example, not using the Daniel Tate, the Daniel Tice trade exception, small things like that. We talked about the Julian Phillips thing before. Giving player options He's consistently, to every player. Yeah, like he's consistently lost things on the margin, which is not ideal when you're over the cap and you need to, or when you're competing with, you know, every other team for these decent end of bench role guys who can come to your situation for the same dollars. Like, how do you negotiate those guys, or how do you sway those guys to come to Chicago? So, there's ways this could turn out good, but my faith has been tested, and that's why the situation is what it is. And just while we're on the topic and then we can get into some other stuff, like on the negativity front, I get that it's not fun to like hear negative commentary. I don't like doing it this way. Like if it were up to me, there would be only positive things to talk about and it's not good for business. It's not fun for me. Like this is my livelihood. And (laughs) when all the people who are in the comments are talking about, me being negative or the bulls not being good. It's like, it would be great if they were good, that people would be excited. People, more people would want to listen to our show. More people would want to watch these games. That's what I would prefer. Um, and so I'm going to let AK cook. Maybe he'll do something. Maybe there's a big trade coming. Maybe there's a full mid-level free agent coming in who knows. But, um, all I'm trying to do is lay out the facts, which are that if you bring back the roster as it was constructed last year, there are, limitations to what you can do. And I think I've gotten a lot of comments in my, you know, Twitter mentions about signing Fred Van Vliet. They don't have like $30 million a year to compete with the Houston Rockets next year. Like that's not going to happen. Um, so they have to be realistic about what they can do. And I think what we can get into later is like, if you are going to just run it back and to Vooch's point and, and Joe Colley's reporting, like, okay, well then what's going to be different? Like if you bring back the same team and you don't really add shooting, but you recognize that you need to make improvements, what are you doing on the floor in order to make those improvements? And are those improvements or those aspirations realistic given the fact that the roster is the same? So we'll we'll talk about that and get into that more. But first, another quick word from our sponsors. Um, So shout out to our friends at FOCO who are the best at sports merch and collectibles on the interwebs. Get fitted out in the best sports gear and collectibles around. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and as Dave likes to say, everything in betwixt. 
It's spring and it's baseball season. So check out the Aloha shirts, straw hats. It's pouring rain and thunderstorming here. So maybe they have ponchos, but they've got polos, bags, bobbleheads, and everything you need for a ball game. They also hooked up, uh, hooked us up with a bunch of cool set decorations. So I know we're doing a remote show, but as we get back into the studio, make sure you keep an eye out for all the cool stuff that we have littered on our set. They have donated some awesome pieces for us. So if you want to deck out your home office or your bedroom or your dorm room or whatever it is, check out foco.com and click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. And when you're done shopping at Foco, friends, head over to Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and CEHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gears, and we get tons and tons and tons of compliments on and off the course. They are a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make the most amazing hats, polos, golf bags, and, of course, Matt Peck's favorite, the beer sleeve, the innovative product that allows you to store up to seven beers right inside your golf bag. It keeps it nice and cool. You can be downing those beers as you're getting around the golf course. Whether you're playing 9, 18, whatever the situation may be, you've got seven beers waiting for you in that beautiful sleeve. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order. You'll also get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Okay, so we're talking about like different things that the Bulls can do on the floor. And, uh, Cowley reported this in his story yesterday, um, at, at Chicago sun times, he said, a source said that Vucevic had several conversations with Billy Donovan about how he was used in the offense that came up in the negotiations. Vucevic would like to see more touches, allowing him to be a playmaker or attack the paint, especially when he feels he needs a mismatch. Um, so one, I think I agree to a certain extent. Like I think we both kind of felt like there were times when the Bulls were at their best last year when the ball was moving through Vooch, whether it was him making plays out of the short roll, whether it was those empty side pick and rolls or um, you know one two-man game with Zach on the strong side wing and Vooch posting up. Like The Bulls can be really lethal with him, and I think it would look a lot more like those days in uh, Orlando, where he was obviously a two-time all-star. But so, so we can spend like a ton of time, like digging into the X's and O's and, and watching film and all that stuff. Obviously we don't have any to break down here, but like, to me, what this signals is, you know, maybe there is a trade coming for one of Zach or DeMar, um, to open up some of those touches and to play through Vooch a little bit more. There's been a ton of slop about Zach. Um, there aren't like a ton of natural trade par- partners that I can think of, um, so I'm not sure like exactly where he'd go. Zach Lowe on his podcast today was talking with our old friend, Nick Friedel, and they were kind of listing some options. None of them really sounded that interesting to them. Um, Michael Pina at the ringer suggested Tobias Harris and a future first round pick, which would be like 2029 for Zach. Um, to me, that's just like kind of silly and offensive to just salary dump him because to me, it's like, okay, I get the Bradley Beal deal. I get like selling low or, or even just like trading at like market value, but to like salary dump one of your best players doesn't make any sense because the reason you would do that is to like accumulate assets to start over. Like you you don't want to just like open up space for like, for what? So that never made sense to me, but I think the larger question is, and, and you can feel free to react to that if you want to. But to me, the larger question is like, are we, 
witnessing the Bulls front office pick Vooch and potentially DeMar over Zach? And is that a big deal? So Jake Fisher in his story yesterday said um, a couple of sort of Zach nuggets. Um, He said the Dallas Mavericks were seen as one of Zach Levine's most ardent suitors last season before he signed with the Bulls uh, as as a free agent. But the Mavericks went on to acquire Kyrie Irving. Um, He said that maybe the Knicks will inquire again um, on Sirius Levine overture this summer, but New York has so far drawn atypical praise from around the league um, for the Knicks recent patient team building approach. And then he said that Levine's big deal makes the bulls dance with the luxury tax as tricky as any teams, primarily considering contract that potential extension with Demar. So like if he's really talking about Vooch's extension and a potential extension with Demar getting in the way of team building because of Zach's contract, it seems to me like there is sort of this, um, I don't want to say like conflict between the players, but just uh, difficulty to to fit those puzzle pieces together. And for some reason, Zach feels like the odd man out. Do you feel like that's the right move, the wrong move? Are you reading it the same way as me? What was what your take on that? Well, look, not not to toot my own horn here, William, but this is something that I uh, I mentioned a few months ago that uh, this is all this is a possible route that 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 AK may take. That we shouldn't assume that Demar and Vooch are going to go out and that they're going to retool this thing around Zach. That it was also a very real possibility that if anyone was going out, that it was going to be Zach, and it would stop there, and and they would view this situation as a bit of a bridging situation whereby you trade out Zach, you you trade him for whatever you trade him for, whether it's a draft picks and a deal or getting back role guys to make sure you're competitive still. Um, I'm not suggesting the the latter option would be the preferred option. Definitely not. But there was always a path here where they kept things going around Demar and Vooch. They traded Zach for whatever they wanted. They handed more more keys over to Kobe and Pat. And that, like I said, they kept this as a bridging situation whereby they get to 2025, um, where they you know they they retain all of their draft picks. Obviously, they owe a draft pick to the Spurs in 2025 at least. You would assume that maybe conveys if they want to be competitive. Maybe it depends how. Good or bad they are, I suppose, in the protections on that. But there was always a path here whereby they trade Zach, they re-sign Vooch, they re-sign Demar, they let the vets do their thing, they try to build a competitive team around those two. Like I said, they give Kobe and Pat more of responsibility, and you use the next year, one to two years, to be quote unquote competitive. And then thereafter, that's when you transition away from the Vooch and, and Demars of the world. And then you hand things over to Kobe and Pat. And then from 2025, that's when you start building for the future, so to speak with your cap space and your cap sheet looking a bit more cleaner from that point of view. So I, I always thought that was something that may happen. I, it's clear that they're gauging interest on Zach Levine trains based on all the reporting. We've heard virtually nothing about them doing a deal that centers around DeMar DeRozan. We clearly know Vooch is coming back. He can't be moved for at least six months. So I don't think this is something that we should just ignore or just pretend it isn't a possibility. And if they were to trade Zach and it wasn't a draft-laden type return and it was something more of that win-now type thing where, you know, you're pro- like a Kawhi-type deal where the Spurs really prioritize getting DeMar and Yucca Pertle rather than trading him off for a bunch of young guys and picks. Like if the Bulls were to do that and trade Zach for a bunch of role guys to make sure that they're adding depth around a team built around Vooch, and I'm laughing here 
just at the thought of this, a team built around Pat, Vooch, Damar, and Kobe. Like, I, I do still think that team could win 40 games and could, you know, be as competitive as this current team is or this current iteration is because I think there is a world where you can trade Zach and you don't necessarily lose much from your floor. You might lose more from a ceiling perspective, but from a floor, I think you, you could still maintain what you have. But again, my criticism of that, of that would be like, wh- what are we doing here if that's the point? Like, why are we do- delaying the inevitable, inevitable, which would be ultimately a rebuild um, post that situation? So... Yeah, I do think that scenario, which you painted, which I just painted, I think is certainly on the table, but it's going to be determined based on what they can get for Zach. They're seemingly asking the world. No one's giving that to them at this stage. The Zach stuff is probably contingent on what's happening with Damian Lillard, assuming anything happens with Damian Lillard. And now maybe James Harden. Well, yeah, James Harden now as well is the news. But like, do the Heat become more interested in someone like Zach Levine if the Lillard thing doesn't materialize? Like, we'll wait and see. But I do think there is that possibility that if something big were to happen, that it will involve Zach and it obviously won't involve Demar. Yeah, and I think the piece that you noted about like the what are we doing here is really where I've just been sort of living these past few weeks, which is like. The whole, like AK kept saying, he said this at the end of season press conference. He said it the other night after the draft, the reason that they made those trades for uh, Vooch and for DeMar and they brought in Caruso and Lonzo was like, make them relevant again, right? To make them competitive, to show the rest of the league that they were serious. And we're at a point now where everything anybody's talking about the bulls is they got to blow it up. Like they are, they are the only people who don't recognize what everybody else seems to recognize, which is that this group is just capped out. Um, they are, and I kind of want to read just like a, a quote from my story the other day, because I think it reflects like the situation of where they are, which is that I, the bulls are stuck between a rock and a hard place. They have to do something, but they can't do anything as fine of a deal as this is for Vucevic. It reduces what little flexibility they had. They missed the playoffs. So they need to make improvements, but they have no money to buy them. The only way out is to make a trade, but they don't want to make a trade in fear of becoming a worse team. Like they're just stuck in like three different ways. And really the only, the only like clear path that I can think of is a total reset. And that obviously starts with Zach and maybe they're looking around for ways to do that on the trade market and they're just not finding anything. Um, Maybe AK does have a rabbit that he can pull out of a hat tomorrow when free agency starts I just don't see it. And again, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I mess up all the time and I'm the first to admit it. And I like to be corrected on this stuff because I don't want to be wrong, but I just don't think I'm wrong right now. And maybe I am, hopefully I am, but it just feels like they are on this course that is slowly going to end up going where everybody thinks it, where we're on track uh, to do. So it just... I I would get ahead of it. I don't want to end up in a situation like the Wizards where you've just spent three years being a mediocre team trying to make the play in and you can't do it. And then you've got to trade your star player for nothing. And obviously the Bulls could probably do better than the Wizards did for Beal because Zach doesn't have a no trade clause. But where you just like extend this period of mediocrity and then you make it even harder for yourself to ultimately rebuild. So that's why I've always been on team tear down. I understand that that's not going to be like an easy thing to do, but it just seems like the fan base is already 
at that level of angst and they just want something new. And I think they kind of need something new in order to like, at the very least, like reinvigorate the fans because we're literally talking about bringing back the top 11 guys in the rotation. And again, I think each of these individual contracts, fine. Like you can quibble about the dollars or the years, the guarantees, whatever the, the second round draft picks that they gave up to get them. Some deals are worse than others. Caruso, I think is clearly like the best contract on the team. And that was a complete steal. But at the end of the day, like we're looking at the same team doing the same thing for the next three years. And that to me is just like kind of insanity. And it's why the Vooch deal, even though it looks good in a vacuum, even though $18.5 million is a fine deal for Vooch, it just signals that we're going to see more of the same. And that to me is really the concerning piece. Well, you know how to reinvigorate a fan base. Bring back Talk about negativity. Yeah, well, no, I was just going to say. But um, I I got lost in some of the words that you were saying there. And and the reason why that is like you played the humble card, William, where you're like, oh, I'll accept if I'm wrong. I, you know, I'm I'm not always the smartest guy in the room. You said that. I'm rarely. But at the same time, but at the same time, here is William reading his own story on the podcast. That's the swagger move right there. That's well, that's why I like content. writing because I get to actually lay out my <laughs> thoughts in a way that are coherent because most of the time I'm just babbling on this podcast. But no, I'm just giving I, you look, shit, I, That's just how I feel. Yeah, yeah you, you're right um, to feel that, my negative king. You're right to feel that. <laughs> um, seeing a couple of super chats here. We can just rattle off real quickly from Just Joe. Thank you for your chat. We got Zach and AC for Van Vliet and Ananobi. That's interesting. I feel like you're kind of just setting yourself up for the same, more of the same. Um, I also like the Raptors are just never going to trade Ananobi. He's like worth 15 first round picks to them. Um, so I, I don't know that I can see it, but I also don't know that I love it. No, and that would have to be a sign and trade with Van Vliet and that would hard cap the balls in that scenario. So, which is not the end of the world, but it, it, if you're wanting to pivot, if you want it to be flexible, like it makes it obviously harder to do that. Um, in that scenario as well, the Raptors have no point guard. So like Van Fleet is literally their only point guard, um, which is why they're pretty keen on retaining him and probably going to pay him a, a, a nice tasty number. So I can't imagine them doing that type of deal just because of the fact that it leaves them with zero point guards. So, I don't know if I would do that either, to be honest with you. But uh, irrespective of that, probably not a deal happening. But appreciate you just, Joe. Um, any other super chats we got here, Sarah? Or are we good for good to go? No. Nope. Good. Okay. Well, we've been babbling on for over an hour, so I think it's a good time to wrap it up. It's been a real positive one, and I'm sorry for the negativity. <laughs> but Mark, it is always a pleasure talking <laughs> with you, Sarah. We appreciate you. Yeah. On the producer sticks. Um, any parting words, Mark, before we head out of here? No, I'm just looking forward to seeing what AK's got cooking up. He told me to sit and wait and just, just, just wait to see what we've got cooking for you, Bulls fans. That's basically what AK said this time last week. So, uh, we'll see what he does, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow where you, me, Big Dave, Matt, we're all convening around the time the free agency opens. We're coming back for a live show when... As things are breaking, hopefully it's balls related, but it'll obviously be league related. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to take you all through the opening hour of free agency, at least. So I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. We will be back live tomorrow with Matt and Dave, and Mark will be joining us for a live CHGO Bulls reaction pod to all of the chaos that ensues 
We're going to go at 5.30, so we'll give, us, give ourselves a little buffer um, after the free agency window opens at 5 p.m. Central time. So look out for that. Look out for anything we've got going on Twitter in the meantime, whether it's reactions, um, if there's any major news, I'll maybe do a write-up. But until tomorrow, this has been the CHGO Bulls Podcast HQ edition. I'm Will Gottlieb. You can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. I'm with Mark K from Australia at MK Hoops on Twitter. Thanks again to Sarah for holding it down for us. And thanks again to all of you who have been in the comments and giving us super chats and hanging out with us for the past hour plus. So we will see you all tomorrow. And until then, hopefully the Bulls can figure something out. (laughs) 